What's going on, Football MD fam? Thank you all for tuning in to episode 50 of the Football MD podcast. Dan, 50 episodes, man. We made it to episode 50. How are you feeling? Feels great, man. I can't, I, I mean, honestly, it went too fast. I can't believe that we're already at 50. Um, obviously, we hope to be doing it for many, many more, but this is a huge benchmark for us. We definitely worked very hard to get here, and proud of us, dude. I am. For sure, man. We've been doing it since July, and it's been a ton of fun along the way. I thank you guys so much for tuning in and supporting us throughout this entire time. And for today's episode, we decided to do a little bit of deep diving and give you guys 50 stats for our 50th episode. So we're going to go through 50 interesting stats that we dug up from the 2018 season to help paint a clearer picture of some interesting things that happened, some things that you may not be able to tell just from watching the game film or looking at box scores. So we hope you guys have a lot of fun. So Dan, do you want to kick us off with the very first one here? I'll kick it right off here with going directly to the running back position with Todd Gurley, which I'm sure you'll hear his name more than once tonight more than once today but he'll kick it off as well Todd Gurley had an impressive showing in 22 point or more games this season for fantasy 22 points or more at the running back position equated to a top five finish on average which you would already know if you listen to under the microscope running backs episode so make sure you go back and check that one out too (laughs) Gurley eclipsed that mark in 79 percent of his games played no other top 24 running back eclipsed eclipsed that mark in more than 47% of their games played. So he had a huge differential on the, on being the best in the league and the most productive and the most consistent running back for fantasy last season. Yeah, Todd Gurley had a super dominant season, and you said we'd be hearing his name again on this episode, and he's actually coming in at stat number two. And this is the number of stacked boxes that Todd Gurley saw on the season. He faced stacked boxes on just 8.2% of his carries. That was the third lowest in the NFL. Now, I don't want to take anything away from the season that Gurley had. When you're on a team like the Rams, you can't just focus on the run game, but he certainly benefited from his situation in 2018. No, absolutely, and Sean McVay is pretty much what cre- what creates that. I mean, don't get me wrong, Jared Goff is good, but in his second year, he's not what's scaring you. What's scaring you is that game plan that Sean McVay offers, and you know that it's going to be a vertical passing threat so that if you do stack the box, Sean McVay will get a guy open on the back end of the offense and make sure that uh, Goff is able to capitalize. So, so going to the opposite end of the spectrum there from Todd Gurley, Three running backs saw stacked boxes of 35% or more of the time, and the only three were Leonard Fournette, LeGarrette Blunt, and Royce Freeman last season. And we'll keep it going with Denver Broncos running backs. Royce Freeman, he was someone that I drafted highly last year. Of course, if anyone else followed along with me, you know how that turned out already. But we're going to switch it on over to Phillip Lindsay because he really benefited from the Broncos offensive line, and I don't think they got enough credit. In 2018, Pro Football Focus rated the Broncos line 29th in pass blocking. Obviously, that's not impressive, but they were 7th in run blocking. And Lindsay led the NFL in yards before first contact per attempt with 3.05 yards and percentage of yards gained before first contact with 56.5%, according to Pro Football Focus again. Now, I don't want to take too much away from him. Of course, that's a combination of his ability to avoid contact at the line of scrimmage, but a lot of that success has to be attributed to the offensive line as well. So shout out to the big guys up front. No doubt about that. That is absolutely an offensive lineman stat. Moving on now straight to Amari Cooper in Dallas. Now, people believe that he really blew up when he got to Dallas. And if you dig a little deeper, you'll realize that it's not really necessarily true. 
Through the first six weeks of 2018, Amari Cooper was the wide receiver 54 in fantasy. That's why he was with the Raiders. But then he was top 10 in weeks 9 through 17 with Dallas. But that was skewed by two 30-point games in weeks 12 and 14. Still had five games under five fantasy points during that span. So, so besides those two huge breakout games, he really was not that great, even in Dallas. For sure, and another wide receiver that was great all season long, Houston Texans' DeAndre Hopkins. We all know the stat, 115 catchable targets without a single drop. That is incredible. But we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into this one, and there was no other wide receiver in the NFL that saw 57 catchable targets without recording a drop. So that really puts into perspective how ridiculous 115 catchable targets without a drop is. He more than doubled everyone else in the league. Just an incredible season by DeAndre Hopkins. Without a doubt, and we'll stick to another great wide receiver, someone whose career is off to a very hot start, and that's Muggle Thomas and his catch rate. 85% catch rate was best all-time of receivers who saw at least 40 targets. The next closest was Ryan Switzer, who caught 36 out of the 44 targets, 81.8%. Zach Ertz was the only other pass catcher to finish top 10 in catch, in catch percentage to see over 88 targets. He caught 116 of 156 targets. That's 74.36%. Much lower than Michael Thomas's 85. For sure. And we're going to keep it rolling with some efficient pass catchers here. And running back Christian McCaffrey, I don't think he got enough credit for this one. He had 122 targets with no drops in 2018. Now, there were 151 running backs that saw at least one target this past season, and no other player had more than 53 targets without recording a drop. So Christian McCaffrey was just lighting it up in the passing game all year long. And sticking with the running back pass catchers as a theme, McCaffrey with 107 receptions was first all-time, Barkley with 91 was seventh all-time, and James White with 87 receptions was 14th all-time. All finished in the top 10 in fantasy football. Adrian Peterson, on the other hand, wasn't utilized in the passing game and got game script dependent. 16.7 points per game in seven games the Redskins won, but 8.5 points per game in eight games the Redskins lost. Out of the top 12 running backs, only three averaged less than five targets per game. Yeah, guys, so just a stat to keep in mind come fantasy drafts in 2019, you want to look for those running backs that aren't going to get game scripted out, especially when you're taking those early round picks. But now let's flip over and take a look at running back carries. So over the last 10 years, only 13 running backs to reach 200 or more carries failed to finish as a top 25 running back for fantasy. And it was Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Peyton Barber that joined that list in 2018. So again, guys, going into your fantasy drafts, keep these stats in mind. Make sure that if you're going to be placing a high equity draft pick on a running back, you're making sure that they're going to at least projected to have the type of workload that's going to put them in that upper echelon of options at the position. Absolutely. And high carries correlate to success for running backs. And same as to say about wide receivers. 17 wide receivers saw 115 plus targets in 2018. None of them finished outside the top 22 at the position. Jarvis Landry was the wide receiver 22 with over 115 targets. That was the lowest of all of the qualifying wide receivers. Yeah, and really wide receiver production was just up all around in 2018. There was an NFL record 532 touchdown receptions by wide receivers. There were seven players to catch 10 or more touchdowns. Now, if we look back at 2017, only two wide receivers reached that double-digit touchdown mark. 
And we also saw another NFL record, six players to reach 110 or more receptions. That was Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, Devontae Adams, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Over the last two seasons, Jarvis Landry was the only wide receiver to hit that mark of 110 or more receptions. So this passing volume going around the NFL, it's just painting the picture of the shift that we are seeing in the NFL. And you mentioned Juju on that list with over 110 receptions, and technically he was the second option behind Antonio Brown last year, but teams can field multiple top wide receivers, and that's because of the plethora of targets going around the NFL in the passing game. And as far as fantasy is concerned, A.B. was 5th and Juju was 8th overall. Woods was 10th and Cooks was 13th overall. Cup would have likely finished top 25, but due to injuries, he fell outside. Thielen was 7th and Diggs was 11th overall. Six teams had at least two wide receivers finish in the top 30. Buccaneers and Falcons each had three. Evans was 9th overall. Humphreys was 24 and Godwin was 26 overall, while Jones was second, Calvin Ridley was 20th, and Sanu topped out at 30. Yeah, so when you're looking at these guys for next season, I know a big thing that we all look at and we all debate over is what kind of opportunity are these guys going to see? There's so many other mouths to feed in that offense, and the main thing that I'm trying to say here is every team has a lot of mouths to feed, and now more teams than ever are feeding those mouths adequately and producing adequate fantasy options. So don't necessarily shy away from that. If the player's talented, the talent is going to show through. When I'm drafting my team, I want good, talented players on my team. Everything else will follow later. And we're going to continue with this theme of offensive efficiency from the 2018 season. This past year, we saw NFL highs in yards per carry with 4.42, passer rating 92.9, points per drive with 2 points per drive, and yards per drive with 31.4. Now, I'll ask you, do you think this is an outlier? Should we expect some regression? Or is this just the new NFL? Is this what we can expect year in and year out from now on? With the lightening up of the defensive rules, especially now going as far as no blindsided hits, on the offense and defensive side, it's going to favor the offensive the offensive side of the game, and it's going to project to be more scoring and more offensive efficient and more pass happy, a lot of yards, so on and so forth. So, absolutely, I think that not only can you expect this to continue, but you might even get even more extreme. And speaking about extreme, quarterback scoring was at an all-time high. For quarterbacks in fantasy, there was 9,337.9 fantasy points. That is the most ever in the Pro Football Focus era. That's from 2006 on. 834 passing touchdowns, good for second most. 129,644 passing yards, good for third most, with only 418 interceptions. That's second fewest in over 30 years. So this is a trend in the NFL where quarterbacks are becoming more efficient and there's just more production from the quarterback position. Yeah, and we saw that in the quarterback rating from 2018. If if you combine all of the quarterbacks in the NFL from 2018, that would have posted a 92.7 quarterback rating. That's higher than the career marks of Joe Montana, Andrew Luck, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, and Troy Aikman. You like how I slid Andrew Luck in there with those (laughs) all-time grades? But for real, that's ridiculous when you look at just the numbers that these quarterbacks are putting up at all across the board in the NFL no yeah. doubt and and we see that even with the top two guys from the past season 5,000 yards is a huge benchmark to pass and there's been five 5,000 passing yard seasons since 2013 two of which 
came in 2018. That was Big Ben and Patrick Mahomes both absolutely putting on in the 2018 season. Yeah, and let's just keep talking about putting up big numbers here with quarterback touchdowns from 2018. There were three quarterbacks to throw for 30 or more touchdowns in 2017. That number went up to nine in 2018. So again, it feels like we're kind of devaluing what Patrick Mahomes did this year. And what he did was great. But I just want to put it into context that the entire position performed great in 2018. His QBR was 113.8. That was ranked eighth all time. And it was only his first year as a full-time starter. Don't get me wrong, even in 2018, he didn't lead the league. (laughs) Drew Brees was 115.7 quarterback rating in 2018, led the NFL, but there's a lot to say for Mahomes in his first full year as a starter being just a smidge behind one of the true greats at the position in the history of the NFL. For sure, and we're going to keep talking about Patrick Mahomes here just because how can you talk about 2018 and not talk about Patrick Mahomes? So throwing from a clean pocket this past season, he posted a 134.2 quarterback rating, which is absolutely ridiculous. But then when placed under pressure, he put up a 70.4 quarterback rating. That was the largest drop-off in the NFL. And sticking with quarterback rating under pressure, Nick Foles actually led that stat in 2018 with 90.6 quarterback rating under pressure. That, Like I said, very best. And Josh Rosen was the absolute worst with 38.1 quarterback rating under pressure. Not going to cut it, and that's probably why he's being floated out there for trades. <laughs> yeah, and a big part of that quarterback rating can come to the throws that Rosen was making in to tight coverage. Now, we're qualifying tight coverage as one yard or less of separation between the defender and a wide receiver. Now, Rosen threw into tight coverage a league-leading 21.6% of the time. The inverse of that, Patrick Mahomes, who we were just talking about, did this a league low, 12.2% of his throws. So just when you look at the numbers, it you can see what throwing into tight coverage does to a quarterback's production. We saw the season Patrick Mahomes had, and he was making good, smart throws. Of course, it helps when you have Tyreek Hill blowing everybody away, but you know those are the results you get. No, that's what you get. You get efficiency, and arguably, he was only the second best. If he was only the second most efficient quarterback in the NFL last season, Russell Wilson might have to take that crown. He had a touchdown every 98.5 yards. Mahomes threw one every 101.9 yards so Russell Wilson being the only quarterback with a touchdown every 100 yards and even Mahomes with a huge differential from the number three quarterback who threw for one touchdown every 116.4 yards so huge differential there Russell Wilson the only one under 100 yards very impressive efficiency from Russell Wilson this past season Yep, and we're going to keep it rolling with the quarterbacks here. One of everyone's, I think, favorite quarterbacks from 2018, that's Baker Mayfield. And his wide receivers, they kind of dropped the ball quite literally for him this past year. Despite not taking over the starting job until week four, Mayfield's wide receivers dropped a league high, 322 air yards. So that's a lot of plays being left on the field, some big plays in there as well. So definitely something to be excited about with the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. heading over there in 2019. Absolutely don't expect him to drop many balls. And Ben Roethlisberger is on the opposite end of the spectrum. He had a league low 46% of his yards through the air because a lot of his plays are coming from A.B. and Juju making huge plays. 
54% of his yardage came after the catch. That's what happened when you have dynamic playmakers catching passes for you. Yeah, so this is just an early look. I don't know where you're going to be landing on him, at least for fantasy in 2019. But Big Ben is a full-on avoid for me. I love Juju. But for quarterbacks, it's just not going to be happening for me. And it wouldn't be a fantasy-based episode if I didn't mention waiting to draft a quarterback. It's been a, it's been a while since I've gotten to talk about this. But if you guys tuned in during the preseason, you know that I'm a big proponent for not drafting a quarterback early. And this season really just painted the picture for that. Aaron Rodgers was on average drafted in the third round of fantasy drafts. Well, he finishes the quarterback seven. And Mahomes, who's going to be the poster child for my argument all offseason long, was drafted in the 10th round. And he scored the most fantasy points by a quarterback of all time. But it goes even deeper than that. Five of the top 10 quarterbacks from this past year were drafted round 10 or later. That's outside of the top 12 at the position. And that includes guys like Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, and Dak Prescott. So you can get value at this position later in your draft while you stack up on the value positions like running back, wide receiver, and even a tight end, which we'll get into in a little bit. But before we do get into tight ends, we'll head back to running backs for a little bit. And running backs receptions in, in particular, running backs have seen more than 120 targets 10 times in history. Three of those running backs came in 2018, McCaffrey, White, and Barkley. Yeah, so just keeping up with that theme of a ton of passing volume to go around in today's NFL. And one team that we have to talk about if we're going to discuss running backs in the passing game is the Kansas City Chiefs. Kareem Hunt averaged 10.8 yards per target. That was the second most of all time. And third on that list was Spencer Ware with 10.6 yards per target that was back in 2016 but that just shows you that's the type of usage and opportunity that the Chiefs running backs get and paints a little picture for what we can expect to see from Damian Williams and or Carlos Hyde in 2019. Don't be surprised if they draft somebody and bring in somebody new and somebody else who's definitely gonna benefit from bringing in somebody new talking about running back drop passes 39 running backs saw 20 or more catchable targets in 2018. Elijah McGuire led them in drop rate, dropping 5 of 24, good for 20.8%. And second worst was his own teammate, Trenton Cannon, dropping 4 out of 21. That's good for 19.1%. So basically, the Jets are definitely going to benefit from bringing in Le'Veon Bell, an absolute fantastic pass catcher who could pretty much play slot wide receiver if he wanted to. For sure. And remember, guys, these are catchable targets. These aren't off-target passes or anything like that. These are passes that should be caught. So, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, huge upgrade to this running back corps. And this next stat I was really excited to talk about today because I feel like running back pass blocking is something that gets a little bit overlooked, not in terms of NFL usage. Of course, that's extremely important, protecting the quarterback. But in terms of fantasy, if you have a running back that can protect the passer and pass block, they're going to be on the field. They're going to be having opportunities to produce for your fantasy team. So this is an important stat to keep in mind. And in 2018, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and Aaron Jones were the only running backs to pass block on more than 20 snaps and not allow a single sack. And these are all guys that we know they produce for fantasy as well. It especially hurts me to hear that about, you know, a guy that I'm a huge fan of, Derek Henry, who is a guy who just wasn't used properly. And if he was given that opportunity, he could be much better. Another guy who's in the same exact boat is Jordan Howard, who with 75 running backs played on with 75 running backs playing on more than 100 passing plays of them Jordan Howard was kept into pass block 27.3% of the time that's the highest percentage in the NFL amongst running backs 
and he allowed just one sack on 79 pass blocking snaps. That not only should be keeping him on the field and getting him more opportunity, it should 100% make him the starting running back over Tariq Cohen, a workhorse back. I do not understand why teams want to run good running backs into the ground by not using them. Derrick Henry, I'm talking to you about the Tennessee Tennessee Titans and also the Bears with uh, Jordan Howard. What are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely two guys that you really planted your flag on last season. And, you know, it just doesn't always pan out. But definitely a good thing to keep in mind and a good tiebreaker if you're choosing between two players. Look for someone that can pass block. But now we'll talk about one of the biggest breakout players from 2018, and that's James Conner. And, of course, We always say that the Pittsburgh Steelers backfield, it's a position you can plug in any running back and they're going to be productive. But James Conner was special in 2018. He led the running back position with .42 forced missed tackles per reception. That's of all running backs with at least 50 receptions. So, of course, he benefits from playing on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're just set up to have a productive running back. But he was making plays on his own. And that's something that you have to keep in mind for next season as well. Talking about running backs making big plays, Saquon Barkley did it at a historical rate in his rookie season. League leading 706 of Barkley's 1,307 rushing yards. That's 54%. Came of carries of 15 or more. That's huge in the run game. And that's huge because the number of true bell cow running backs that get all of the backfield work is going down in the NFL. Every backfield has committees, multiple guys getting opportunity. So when you get a player that with his opportunity can break off a big play, that can really make a huge impact on your fantasy roster. And one player, I'm not saying that they're going to be the 2019 breakout. I'm not putting my flag on this hill. But Rashad Penny, he had a 15 plus yard run every 9.4 carries. That was best in the NFL. So again, you want to look for these players that are going to make the most of the opportunity that they're going to get because there's not a ton of opportunity going around like there used to be with true workhorse running backs. And sticking with big play ability, Tariq Hill, obviously one of the best big play ability in the NFL, 754 of Tariq Hill's 1,479 yards came on passes that traveled over 20 yards in the air. That is the most yards on deep passes in the NFL at the wide receiver position. No other player had more than 543 yards on 20 plus yard throws. So definitely, obviously you already know his speed. You already see the deep threat ability, but breaking it down a little further, he is so much better than everybody else. Yeah. And Tyreek Hill, he's not just fast. Hill also caught a league high 13 of 20 contested catches for 12 touchdowns. So not only is he just scorching down the field, but when he's near the goal line and defenders are mugging him, trying to keep him from the ball, he's going up and he's making that play. Very impressive. And another impressive chief is Travis Kelsey. 19 targets that traveled over 20 yards in the air, more than any other tight end. Nine receptions and 243 yards on 20 plus yard targets were most in the NFL. So another big playability in that Chiefs offense coming from the tight end position. Yeah, what else can you say about Travis Kelsey from 2018? He was just a complete stud, but he's really just been dominant for the past three years now. He's finished as the tight end one in PPR three years in a row, and since 2015, he leads all tight ends with 4,374 yards and 27 touchdowns. He's really the top dog at the position, and with the way the Chiefs are looking right now, I don't see that changing. And something that will more than likely be changing after the 2018 season is Eric Ebron's most likely more than likely regression. 14 touchdowns in 2018, ranked third all time. 110 targets, 
13th all-time and 750 yards, 132nd all-time. He had touchdowns at an incredible rate last year, and you really can't really expect that to be maintained in 2019. Yeah, guys, when you're looking for production year in and year out, you can notice a trend in targets, receptions, yards, and that's just not what we saw with Eric Ebron. I know it hurts my soul as a Colts fan. I want that to continue, but especially now with Devin Funches coming in, another big body around the goal line, I just don't see 14 or even double-digit touchdowns being the case for him. And speaking of trends that we can study, especially at the tight end position, yards per route run is a key for tracking tight end dominance. There were four tight ends that topped 1.85 yards per route run in 2017. There were five that topped that 1.85 yards per route run mark in 2018. And there are only three tight ends that appeared on both of those lists. Travis Kelsey, stud. Zach Ertz, stud. And one more if you want to try and project something for the 2019 season. OJ Howard is the only other tight end to average 1.85 yards per route run over the last two years. We know the talent is there. We've seen it when he's on the field. I'm projecting OJ Howard to be another top option at the position this next year. Yeah, yards per route run is an incredible stat for any receiving option. And George Kittle, actually his 2.83 yards per route run last season was good for best all time in the pro football focus era from 2006 onward. He is an incredible talent at the tight end position. And speaking of talent at the tight end position, 2018 was a historic season for fantasy tight ends. Travis Kelsey had the fourth best season of all time, Zach Ertz sixth all time, and George Kittle was 14th all time. Now Kittle, he had the most receiving yards ever, Zach Ertz had the most receptions ever, and Kelsey scored more fantasy points than both of them. But outside of those three guys, it got ugly really, really quick. The scoring gaps were tremendous. George Kittle, the tight end three, scored 95.7 more points than the tight end six. The next largest gap from the last 10 years between the tight end three and the tight end six was 52.7 points. And then when we expand that even further, the tight end three to the tight end 12, the tight end three scored 128.1 more fantasy points than the tight end 12. The next largest gap from the last 10 years was 95.2 points. So the disparity at the tight end position is the largest that it's ever been. You have the top guys at the position and then a huge fall off after that. So like we spoke about earlier, waiting on drafting a quarterback, that can help you have the opportunity to draft one of these premier options at the tight end position earlier on and really secure what is such a volatile position on your team. This is a draft philosophy that I'm actually changing for myself. I used to wait on tight ends as well. And going into this season, I'm going to have that I'm going to have my mindset changed because I want one of these top options now. No doubt, and it all comes down to efficiency and and your two league leaders in rushing and receiving this past season were definitely were definitely efficient. Julio Jones led the NFL in receiving with 170 targets in 2018, the lowest target total to lead the NFL since 1998. For Ezekiel Elliott, he led the league in rushing with only 304 carries. That's the lowest carry total to lead the NFL since 1990. Yeah, and I'll keep it on Julio Jones here for a little bit because I know there's about a thousand stats that you can go through that painting Julio Jones the best wide receiver of all time, and I don't disagree with you there, but we'll keep it to just one more for this episode for the listener's sake. But Julio Jones led the NFL in yards per route run. We were talking about how important of a stat that is just earlier. In each of the last four seasons, he's led the NFL in that category and in quite a few others, to be honest. But that's one of the main ones to be able to project a player's production year in and year out. And Julio Jones has owned 
that's that. Absolutely. And although he's aging, he seems to be progressing each and progressing better each and every year. And the guy who was on the rise until he got to Denver was Case Keenum. He went there as a promising option for the Denver Broncos after his pretty successful career with the Minnesota Vikings. But unfortunately, it didn't come to pass in Denver. But his wide receivers dropped a league-high 37 passes on him this past season. So not all of it could really be his fault. So maybe a little bit of hope for you Redskins fans out there. Maybe Case Keenum can turn it around as long as his wide receivers can pick up some of that slack for him. And now we're going to kind of start hopping around to a few more just interesting stats from this past season. And one of the biggest storylines is Antonio Brown leaving Pittsburgh. What does this mean for Juju Smith-Schuster? That's going to be one of the hottest topics for fantasy. And if you go back to the wide receiver under the microscope episode, we really do break down the impact that Antonio Brown had on Juju. But one thing that we didn't mention was that Smith-Schuster had 92 slot targets in 2018. That's more than any other player. Now, slot targets for fantasy tend to be more valuable just for whatever reason the number of points that they're able to produce from the slot and that's where Juju lived this past season how will that be now that Antonio Brown's not there will he be on the perimeter more that's yet to be seen and as Juju is going to benefit from the departure of AB Evan Ingram is going to be the guy benefiting from OBJ leaving New York and from weeks one through nine Ingram caught just 35 of 54 targets 68 percent for 338 yards and averaged just 0.84 yards per route one yards per route run. However, from weeks 10 to 17, Ingram caught 28 of 38 targets, good for 73.7% for 432 yards, averaging 3.04 yards per route run, the second best rate among tight ends during that span. The increase in productivity had a lot to do with his work after the catch. Ingram averaged a ridiculous 10 yards after the catch in his final eight games compared to just 6.5 yards after the catch in his first nine. So the Giants really started to trust Evan Ingram getting the ball in his hand and letting him make plays once OBJ left. Yeah, so now we're going to switch gears a little bit here and talk about how a supporting cast can make or break a player's production on the season. And we're going to do that using David Johnson. We know that Josh Rosen and the Cardinals offensive line both struggled immensely in 2018. So we're going to compare David Johnson's 2016 historic season to his 2018 season. So in 2016, David Johnson had 2,118 scrimmage yards. In 2018, he had 1,386 scrimmage yards, almost a 1,000 yard drop off in total yards. Now what's really interesting here is that David Johnson still produced about the same percentage of Arizona's offensive yards. In 2016, he accounted for 34.4% of Arizona's offensive yards. In 2018, he accounted for 32.8% of Arizona's offensive yards. So it's not like David Johnson's role on this offense changed. He was in the same role. He was making similar plays when you take it into account what he was dealing with, but the cast around him could not support a productive season from even one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. We saw the same thing with Todd Gurley in 2016. So supporting cast really does matter for a player's production. And again, I hate to relate this immediately back to fantasy, but we want talented players on our team, but if the cast around them, if you can't see a viable situation for offensive production, you're should probably want to avoid that player or at least drop them back in your rankings a little bit. Luckily for you guys, we're going to be doing that for you. Our rankings will be coming out in a few months, so be on the lookout for those. And talking about the supporting cast for the quarterback, protection is key. 
and Kirk Cousins was the only quarterback to finish in the top 10 at the position with an offensive line that Pro Football Focus graded in the bottom six in the league. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, was the only top 15 quarterback to not rank in the top half of the league in dropbacks when not under pressure. And now this entire episode has been pretty skill position heavy, so we're going to shift gears again here, and we're going to take a look at some of the marquee defensive players and some offensive linemen from the 2018 season, and we're going to start with Bobby Wagner. He missed just one tackle across 892 defensive snaps. Now this was on 139 tackle attempts, he missed just one tackle this guy was as efficient as they come and you said it I think on our free agent episode you have him as the top guy in the NFL oh absolutely how could he not be he constantly is in not if not leading in the top of the league in tackles every year and he just is a dominant player in multiple facets and that's just it it's efficiency and it's versatility and talking about versatility, Dre Flowers brings that immensely. He had a 90.4 overall grade as per pro football focus. And you only get that through versatility. The positions he lined up against on the offensive line in 2018, the center, 43 snaps, the guard, 133 snaps, tackle, 63 snaps, out wide, 479 snaps. So he was all over the offense and defensive line. And that versatility is of huge value, no doubt, for the Detroit Lions. And another player that's going to be switching teams in 2018, shout out to our Giants fans out there. They got Antoine Bethea, and he was one of the more efficient pass rushers in 2018. Now, there were 19 safeties that rushed the passer more than 25 times this past season. Of those 25, Antoine Bethea led the position in pass rush efficiency according to Pro Football Focus with a mark of 17.9. Now, I don't really know what the number of 17.9 means, but that's a number that they arrive at by combining sacks, hits, hurries, relative to how many times the player rushed the passer. So a very efficient season from Antoine Bethea, definitely a welcome addition heading over to the New York Giants. The Colts added a welcome addition in Quentin Nelson, who allowed 13 pressures over his first five games, but then in his last 11 games, only 10 pressures total. He improved as the season went on, and he was a beast all season long. For sure, we're going to keep it along the offensive line here, and that's with Mitch Morse heading over to the Buffalo Bills, and he has the longest active streak of pass blocks without allowing a sack. He's had 1,543 pass blocks without allowing a sack. That dates all the way back to the middle of the 2015 season. So the Buffalo Bills, we spoke about it on the free agency breakdown episode, a welcome, welcome addition considering the players that they lost prior to the 2018 season. And now we have one last stat. I know we said it was going to be 50 stats. We're more at like 55 right now. A little bonus <laughs> for you guys. That's just how much we appreciate you guys. But this is the biggest stat. I'm so excited to talk about it. And I'm sure you guys are going to be raving about this one. So uh, Dan, I'll, I'll let you uh, end us with the big yeah. one here. Well, you know we touched on offense. You know now we touch on some defense. You know we got to show the special team some loves because kickers are people too. Everyone loves kickers, don't they? Five out of top ten kickers from 2018, Robbie Gold, Myers, Maher, and Fairburn played on teams that ranked in the bottom seven of the NFL in terms of red zone efficiency. Three of the top five kickers, Butker, Lutz, and Goskowski, all played on teams that ranked top five in scoring and top ten in yards per game. 
Yeah, so certainly one of the most volatile positions in fantasy, a position that all of us just dread setting every single year. We don't even like wasting a draft spot. If you guys have moved to a league where you don't even use kickers, more power to you. But as fantasy analysts, we have to try and project each position and I think that the best way is to track trends of the teams that the kickers are on because tracking the kicker week to week or year to year is very it's just very tough to do you see it in the top guys but one thing that is consistent is that the top players at the position are either on teams that can't score when they're in the red zone or their teams are top in the league in scoring and top in the league in yards per game. So you either want really productive offenses or offenses that just can't get it done when they get close to the goal line. They got to bring in the kicker to clean up and put some points on the board. And that is all the stats we have for you today, guys. Thank you for tuning in to our 50th episode. A huge benchmark for us, but it's just the beginning. We're going to keep going and we hope to have many, many more for you guys. Don't forget, before we sign out, we are always bringing you a ton of content you can find on our website at footballmdpodcast.com or our social media websites. That's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at footballmdpod. We have player profiles still coming out this weekend for sure. The official release of the second mock draft about damn time, of this Dan. season. I've been waiting. I got a little backed up and I did fall behind. And this is kind of something that fell by the wayside. Well, but free agency definitely threw you quite the curveball too. Absolutely. And I needed to adjust for that. So no doubt a little bit longer than I would have liked. A little bit more of a delay. But no doubt I have it ready for you guys. It will be released this weekend. And something that I'm very eager to get to you guys. Before we head out, anything you want to say, Mike? Uh, no, definitely super excited for your Mock Draft 2.0, and we'll be bringing that to you guys in podcast form. We, you put, you're putting so much work into it, we have to talk about it on here, really break it down for you guys. And and our plan is to bring that to you the week of the draft. We'll release Thursday morning our episode as we normally do, and that night will be the first round of the NFL Draft. It is right around the corner. We are almost in April, about a, about a month away from the draft, so... A lot going on, and right after the draft, we've turned our focus really towards the 2019 season. Yeah, man, this is such an exciting time, and I'm excited to really just kick it into gear, and it feels like football's close. That's what's the best about this time of year. It feels like football's right around the corner, but in the meantime, guys, episode 50 in the books. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in week in and week out. We really do appreciate your support. We could not do it without you guys. And if you're not following us on our social media pages already, please head over to Football MD Pod. We're sending out tons of content, like my co-host said here, every single day. So get the most of your Football MD Podcast experience. But thank you guys. Until next week. Thank you guys very much. <laughs>